Welcome back to another episode of And Another Thing. My name is Jody Jenkins. And I'm Tony Clement. We're in two different spots, but we're both here together for the show. And we are practicing physical distancing techniques, not to be confused with social distancing, because according to the experts, you should not distance socially, you should distance physically. Now, Tony, this is going to go on for some time. We know that is going to be the case. Before we get to our guest, I'm just curious, from the last time we spoke, which was a week ago, easier, more difficult, how have you been handling it? Uh, I, it's been fine, but I, I've been frustrated uh, by the, the situation, obviously, uh, and uh, have been uh, noticing, uh, as we all have, people uh, not necessarily playing by the rules, which is uh, frustrating as well. I know Mayor John Tory of Toronto is becoming the nanny-in-chief to uh, admonish Torontonians, for instance, for... Uh, taking advantage of the warmer weather, which is going to get warmer. The warmer weather is going to continue, and uh, it'll be an interesting social experiment were it not for the potential costs. Uh, so, yeah, I'm feeling good psychologically. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm, I, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I think I've been in isolation longer than you. I think the last time we spoke, I had shared how, you know, I'm going on three weeks now, just over three weeks and it is, I would say for me, it's be, it's more difficult. I was raring to go at the beginning and I'm still, I, I'm still fully playing my part. Like I'm not even going to the stores. We talked about that. Everything is delivery, but it's, uh, it is wearing on my mind. I'm not going to lie to you and dealing with things. And, you know, the bombardment of information doesn't make it any easier. So, and I'm sure our, our guest today, once we get to him, will be able to share some more info. So it's well, uh, exactly. And uh, before we do that, though, was like, did did a, a switch flip in your mind where you thought this is okay, this is okay, and then the next second it, this sucks, or is it was it a gradual process? Well, I think it's. With the information that we're getting, I'll give you a perfect example. Like I was, you know, I, it goes in waves. You're feeling good. Then it's like you hear something like, oh, shoot, is this is this way worse than what they're saying? Then it's like, okay, no, it seems to be okay. Oh, shoot, is this way worse? And one thing that kind of set me off the other day was this whole discussion about people wearing masks. And I'm starting to see friends of mine in town that are saying, I'm, wearing, I'm not going anywhere without a mask. And then you start to read articles on it, and there's two sides of that story. So it's like you get thinking like, you know, like I don't go to stores at all. So I'm not concerned about wearing a mask, but then I'm like, okay, if I go for a walk out on the street, should I be wearing a mask? Like, I, I just, I just don't know. So it gets, it lets your mind wander. And, and of course we're getting very different uh, recommendations and information from different levels of uh, public health officials. So that doesn't help matters uh, at all, I think. Yeah. So let's get to our guest though. Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. So on our program and another thing podcast, we have the pleasure of having uh, Mr. Pierre Bork on the broadcast today, on the podcast. Uh, Mr. Bork has, oh, many, many hats he's had uh, in the past. He's uh, been a former Ottawa City Councillor. Uh, he has his own news aggregator. Uh, he's been very involved in the uh, Bitcoin and blockchain sectors, one of the real early movers in that sector. And Mr. Bork also has something called Flatten the Curve that he's going to talk a little bit about today. Pierre Bork, welcome to the program. Great to have you on. Hi, Tony. Hello, Jody. Great Hello. to be with you today. Great to be with you today. 
So, uh, yeah, tell us what you're doing these days. Uh, what's what's going on in the uh, the world of Pierre Boric? Well, uh, thanks for that uh, that intro, Tony. Uh, I uh, I've been a news aggregator for over 20 years now, uh, and uh, I've always found internet news uh, the ability to uh, to access points of information from multiple disparate sources to be fascinating. I thought that each of us uh, in our earliest uh, days of of internet surfing, if you will. Uh, to use an old terminology, uh, you know, we all had our own sense of what was newsworthy to ourselves. Uh, and that was based on what we did professionally, what our, our personal lives were like, what were our hobbies were, and, and that dictated what, uh, what that was. And so you were able to customize news and present it out to whoever wanted it, and that took off. And, and uh, I saw that that was uh, an interesting way. And, and over that period of time, I uh, began to rely on my readers, people who would come to our news site, Bork.com, uh, to, to give me tips on what was becoming newsworthy. That's how I got to know about Bitcoin back in 2011, 2012, 2013. I had, I had people uh, in, uh, in capacities like at the Bank of Canada, but also uh, you know, gamers and so forth around the world that thought that uh, there was something happening with that. And of course, that mutated to uh, uh, the underlying technology of blockchain. So I launched Blockchain Radio about two years ago, and we've got listeners in about 120 countries, and we've done media partnerships with about oh, I don't know, over 100 uh, conferences and events around the world. And uh, so I'm fast-forwarding to today in my sense of, uh, of what's newsworthy. And I'll say that uh, around Christmas time, I started to hear about this strange virus, this strange flu that was happening in China. And those tips were coming from my readers who were in Beijing and Hong Kong, in Taipei, in uh, Ho Chi Minh, uh, in the Far East, they were hearing about it, they were concerned about it, and they were giving me heads up about it. These might be Canadian expats, they might be foreigners that simply like to keep on top of Canadian news. But I started to take an interest in it, and what I did was I said, wow, this is growing here, and I sense this is going to be a concern, because I've always taken an interest in what the World Health Organization has to say. We've headlined the Ebola, SARS, uh, you know, bird flu, all the rest of that. A mad cow back in the day, and I thought I've got to keep an eye on this. And I would say from uh, the beginning of January, it became our primary story each and every day to the point where uh, about a month ago, uh, the beginning of March, I said I need to do better than this because this is about to explode uh, globally. This was before uh, uh, WHO uh, declared it an official pandemic. So I launched Flatten the Curve.io. It's ugly as sin, I'll grant you that, but it's a one-page compendium of all the links you need for authoritative knowledge from key access points, uh, whether it's government or NGOs or, or health agencies around the world, as well as fast-breaking news. And so I, I launched that barely two weeks ago, and I thought, wow, uh, you know, the first day I'm, I've got uh, a few hundred people, and then by word of mouth exponentially, we're now at a point where we're getting tens of thousands of readers to that site each and every day. So there's a huge appetite for uh, undistilled information in this uh, pandemic. So it, it basically aggregates everything that you can find online about uh, the pandemic then? Absolutely. The latest stats, uh, we just put up a really fascinating link uh, about a half an hour ago uh, that uh, you know it, it uh, tracks global mobility. In other words, where are your cell phones? How many of them are being used for each and every country? And it shows the decrease in usage, decrease in mobility uh, since this pandemic started to explode. And, it, and that leads to our main story today, which comes from Deutsche Welle, 
the German publication as to the global impact to the world economy, which is going to be in the in the multiples of trillions of dollars as this thing uh, 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 swans around the world. So just to show you the variety there, we've got stats, we've got official uh, notices, we've got incredible studies, and then we've got the fast-breaking news. And so you uh, try to look at it from both the public health point of view and the economic point of view then, Pierre? Well, it's everything. I, I look at it, frankly, I use it because, I, Tony I, uh, and Jody, I'm a news junkie. I'm probably the king of the news junkies myself. And when I see something, I say, wow, you know, that's interesting. And uh, I, I, th- I must have been first in Canada to start to use the terminology asymptomatic, which we've become uh, used to in the last few days here. The, uh, the, the government uh, people who are speaking each, each day are starting to use that. But asymptomatic are uh, coronavirus carriers who show no symptoms. They don't cough, they don't have headaches, they don't have fevers, no congestion, and yet they have complete ability to walk into a, a grocery store and sneeze over your, your celery sticks, and uh, as you buy the next stock of celery, you take that home and throw it in your salad. So that's a big concern, very, very big concern. The, one of the concerns is that, uh, in fact, uh, uh, perhaps 50% of all cases are asymptomatic. That's Those are the latest studies. So... Uh, it means there's a whole lot of people out there who think that they're healthy that that are in fact COVID positive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, you know, from mild to wild, and unfortunately, the uh, the amount of more the mortality rate in this continues to go up in raw numbers. But and I'm no statistician, but having talked to some people about the numbers uh, who are, they tell me that watch the mortality rate because that's a trailing number. You can't really compare the uh, number of dead with the number of infected, which if you just look at the raw data, I think we're over a million infected around the world, uh, according to uh, official sources, uh, and over 50,000 in terms of dead. So you'd say, okay, quick math, that's 5% of people infected are going to die. But the people who have died are people that were infected a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago when the uh, number of infected was half or a quarter of what it is now. So we have to look at that. And I think there was a moment in time, you, you guys who are watching the uh, the daily briefings from the federal and the provincial governments, Mr. Trump and the rest of them around the world, there was a moment uh, uh, earlier this week when suddenly, uh, as a wholesale group of public officials, they had a shudder. They had a, a shudder of fear. You could see that in their presentation. And I think they realize that the modeling, and we may see that with uh, uh, with Doug Ford as he, he releases his information from the government, they might have realized that wow, this thing is a heck of a lot worse than we know. This is a heck of a lot worse as far as as far as the growth of people being infected. Now, uh, let's see how that plays out. Well, uh, Pierre Bork, uh, we're uh, it's great to talk to you, you as a news aggregator. Uh, you probably are at the uh, the leading edge of knowing what the stories are, and uh, you've got to you've got to in a way curate those stories for FlattenTheCurve.io and for your news aggregator site generally. Uh, I think it's still it's still called Bork. Is it still called Bork Newswatch? Yes, so, it is. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, tell us tell us your predictions. What, what do you think? What do you think is happening, and what do you think is going to happen? Um, yeah, so from a macro perspective, I think governments are uh, going to be pushed by the populations to be more transparent in the knowledge that they have when they get it. 
the populations that have access to uh, sites like flattenthecurve.io and, and various components of social media where people are trading information, uh, they're an informed society. Uh, they're going to demand more and they're going to demand faster. So on that macro level, I think we're going to see a lot more information begin to flow. Uh, I think with that um, growth in uh, access to information, you're going to see a lot more concern and hopefully you're going to see a lot more seriousness from large uh, uh, components of society that at this point have, have yet to do so. Um, and you're going to start to see um, strains on the system. That's going to be strains on the frontline uh, workers. Uh, that could be people working in hospitals, working in seniors' residences. I also add to that uh, truckers they are on the front lines or people working in grocery stores at, at, the, at the cash. they are on the front lines. People working at uh, um, for blood donations. My wife, you guys don't know this, but my wife uh, works for Canadian Blood Services and she's uh, uh, deeply involved in um, in uh, the blood donation aspect of Canadian Blood Services and that's a big concern. So I put a plug out, if you, if you donate uh, blood, please do so and please continue to do so because it's going to become increasingly important uh, to society at large. Um, but I'm also going to start to see, uh, I think, uh, promise and hope, and that's going to come from uh, the potential for vaccines. And, and it's good that while right now this week we're hearing so much about supply chain of masks and eventually ventilators that are going to come on stream here, but it's the vaccine that we really need, and that's going to be the big story. That's going to be that silver lining in this black cloud, and I'm really excited uh, to start to see inklings of that and that's where we need to move as a society. Can I can I just uh, interject here? Because this is a point I've been making for the last few days on media and social media and so on. Because we really start, we really must start to have a discussion of what success looks like. Uh, and I believe the release of the data and the release of the projections will will uh, ignite that debate as it has in the United States. Because uh, the fact of the matter is. Uh, unless all of us, 100% of us, including hospital workers and truckers and whomever else, uh, grocery clerks, unless all of us lock down in our homes for 14 days, uh, you're not going to see uh, the end of the virus. And in fact, even if you did that, you won't see the end of the virus. So the issue is, what does success look like? If you define success as simply there's no new cases, well, we may never get there. We may never get there. It'll 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 have to burn its way through the entire population and burn out that way when we all have immunity. Uh, the what we're doing right now is just buying time. We're buying time to make sure our hospitals have better surge capacity, and we're buying time, as you said, to find the vaccine. And that's all this is about. Because you know, saying we're gonna, you know, if we do this, we're gonna be victorious against the virus. That's baloney. It, it's just not gonna happen that way. Uh, your thoughts. Well, I agree with you on that. Uh, if you if you consider today that one in nine thousand humans is currently infected, one in nine thousand, and of those people who are infected, one in four point five infected are Americans, and so it's it's spreading exponentially. Now, supposing uh, you wake up this morning, Tony, you got a scratchy throat, you feel congested, things get a little worse, you say, "I need a test." So you go to your local public uh, uh, health uh, um, uh, services, and uh, they do a test on you. And this is going to take a little while to get the results on this, Tony, but please go home and 
Uh, we'll keep you posted in the meantime. Here's some Tylenol. Get some Kleenex. Do what you need. So off you go. You go to the to to get some Tylenol on the way home. Now you may not have been infected when you got the test, but what happens if you got infected after you had the test? And the test comes back a few days later, and the uh, public health officer says, "Tony, terrific news. You're negative." Well, what good was that? That was a snapshot. That was a snapshot of the population, in this case of you, at that moment on that morning before you got infected on your way home. So that's got to be something that's got to be discussed as well. Uh, I think the population needs to realize that a test is not an inoculation. Uh, It's simply that snapshot of your personal profile at that moment. Jody, what you want to cut in at this point? Well, I think we're at the point in the show where it's time to start introducing crazy conspiracies. And <laughs> Pierre, obviously, if you're a newsie, you've read them all. 5G is one that comes up quite, quite a bit. Is this simply a ploy so big data and telecom can put up 5G towers in our countries? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, certainly, uh, as a user of Netflix myself, which is a giant user and gobbler of, uh, of internet uh, pipeline. Uh, you know, you want everything to be faster and better. Uh, and I think inevitably we're going to move to 5G. But is this some kind of a plot in the background? I don't know. I do know that some of the big 5G suppliers are in the background actually helping government getting material uh, to healthcare workers. So I applaud them for that. Uh, hopefully it does buy them some goodwill, but I don't think they're... Uh, that that's going to do another crazy thing i heard is uh since everybody's staying at home apparently consumption of alcohol has gone up quite a bit uh and therefore they say well you know they tell you to use hand sanitizer to kill the virus on your hands because hand hand sanitizer has alcohol in it ergo if you drink a lot of alcohol it'll clean the 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 virus out of your throat and your stomach there's a, there's a lot of experimentation going on right now. I can I can tell you, I can tell you that much. It's it's always wine o'clock in the uh, Clement household. I love the other <laughs> meme that's going around as well. You know, it has a this, uh, somebody whispering in the ear of Donald Trump. You know, the the people are getting restless. Uh, there's uh, there's a possibility of riots and social discontent. What do we do? And Trump says, "Release Tiger King." <laughs> I knew that. I saw that one. Yeah, release the Tiger King. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and the main actor from Tiger King has coronavirus. has coronavirus. Got it in jail. Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh my gosh! I didn't know that. I, yes. I knew Jackson Jackson Brown has coronavirus, so I'm quite concerned about that. But. Uh, I tell you, it's a, we're going to do this celebrity watch of coronavirus now, and that's what's going to happen. Uh, Pierre, um, tell us um, a little bit uh, about your Bitcoin world now uh, and uh, and blockchain. What uh, what do you see the trends there? Um, yeah, so that's an interesting thing. Uh, we, let me uh, let me uh, just by way of context, we've seen the, the uh, value of um, of oil and gas. Uh, the value of a barrel of oil, for instance, dropped precipitously. No, no more so than here in Canada, uh, where you know it's what five or six dollars a barrel for Canadian. Uh, we've seen the stock markets around the world fall off a cliff, so values have decreased uh, precipitously. The value of gold has held its own to a degree. It's come, it's come up a little bit. The value of Bitcoin, of some of the cryptos, some of the main cryptos, have also held their own value, give or take. Although they're quite topsy turvy. Uh, Bitcoin on any given day in the last week can go from $7,000 US per Bitcoin to 
thousand or eighty five hundred or back down to six thousand. So there's a lot of volatility in that. Uh, but it hasn't dropped off a cliff the way uh, the stock markets have done. I, I think bonds are are in a bit of a pickle. Interest rates are down to nothing right now, so your bank accounts are not providing you a lot of uh, a lot of um, support in terms of interest payments to you. So uh, I think that the um, the way to look at Bitcoin and the cryptos is that if this is a test of their uh, ability to maintain value for holders. Uh, it's not coming off too badly right now. The problem with Bitcoin, and it might be the same with a, a bar of gold, you can't really walk into the neighborhood Loblaw or Sobeys and buy some milk with a bar of gold, and it's tough to do the same thing with Bitcoin. So uh, the challenge is to translate that into a pedestrian usage, and that becomes the big obstacle to overcome for digital currency, Well, whether it's generated by, uh, by critical mass or generated by authorities like governments, um, then uh, we'll have to see how that transfers down to the public. And uh, would you say that um, the uh, level of confidence in crypto is has stayed pretty steady then? Well, it has. It has. Um, that's that's what's interesting to me. Now, there's a huge element of of the uh, crypto community or the ecosystem, if you will. They're called hodlers, hold on for dear life, H-O-D-L. These are people that bought and they just hang on. And they figure if they bought it, $20 back in the day, and it's $8,000 right now. There's no point in selling it because two years ago, you guys might remember, it was almost $20,000. So I keep thinking, well, it was that two years ago. It might get back to that. I'm not, I'm not selling. So that, uh, that is an impediment to public usage, and, and a, lot of, a lot of proponents of digital currency are pointing to that as, as something that needs to be overcome. Uh, but I, I think it's holding its own. And those that hold it uh, continue to hold it. They're not abandoning it at this point. Do you see, uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of new products that can come out of blockchain. Um, I, I, I was involved at one point in a company that uh, uh, was basically creating a blockchain um, stock market, if you will. Uh, are, are there still new ideas coming out of this, uh, this uh, particular technology? Well, in fact, there are quite a few. Uh, it, with each passing day, there are newer app, new applications that are uh, being developed for it. Uh, everything from Walmart being able to use the blockchain to uh, to track uh, the the shrimp it buys from India before it gets to your your neighborhood store, and they track it with each passing uh, day. The same thing with uh, with uh, coffee beans. Uh, but we're seeing it, putting it in this context of coronavirus and COVID. Uh, people are looking at ways, how can you uh, use the blockchain uh, to provide a veracity to knowledge that's being uh, uh, proffered by agencies and governments and put it down? So in other words, you can't, you can't get a situation where a government tells you one thing one day, two weeks later, it backtracks and changes that information while nobody's looking. You put it up onto the blockchain, that information uh, can no longer be touched and revised without anybody else knowing about it. I think that's going to be something that we're going to see a lot more of, that kind of government activity. For instance, uh, just think of, Tony, from your own background in government. Government websites, uh, the way that they change with each passing day. Yep. Uh, who knows Who knows what a particular government website said two months ago, let alone two years ago or six years ago. But if you could apply a technique to grab each and every government document, whether it's a web page or anything else that goes out into the public realm, and attach it to the blockchain so that it's, it becomes forever available, 
but also available in its original context, or at least trained trailed down to uh, variables that evolve over time for accurate reasons. Uh, that's going to be a huge value to the public. And I think, again, I'm jumping back to where we're at today, where there's a growing demand for uh, direct transparency about modeling with, with respect to, to uh, coronavirus. The public now really, really wants transparency in everything. And I think that entails that uh, history, the, his, the history of public documentation will require that transparency as well. And, block, and blockchain is being applied in some areas to that effect. Pierre Bork, we've come to the end of our time for this program, but uh, we certainly could keep going. Uh, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us on, I don't know if you realize this, but the world's greatest podcast. But Pierre has his own podcast, don't you, Pierre? Well, that's well. I've got a show. I've got a show on blockchain radio. But here's what I'm going to do: as soon as uh, as soon as I'm off with you guys, I'm going to grab this podcast that I'm on as a guest, and, and I'm delighted to do. And I'm going to put a link uh, to it from uh, from both uh, Bork Newswatch and Flatten the Curve for listeners to be able to access it. Lovely. That's amazing. And we are we are so appreciative of your time. We wish you all the best, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you in the near future. My pleasure. Stay safe and uh, remain healthy, guys. Thank you so much. Well, Tony, you've done it again. You got a great guest. I guess. I guess we can keep you for a couple more episodes. <laughs> Thank you. My contract's been extended at the uh, at the high rate yes, <laughs> of remuneration. Yes. Great news. We went into arbitration and uh, things worked in yeah. your favor. So. No, it's it's great to have Pierre on. I, I have kept in touch with him over the years when I was in politics uh, because, of course, he was such a political guy. And uh, I remember him coming to me years ago talking about this uh, this whole Bitcoin thing when it was just breaking. So uh, interesting cat and uh, doing his bit with uh, flattenthecurve.io. Good for him for doing that. And uh, I certainly wish him well. Yeah, and I will say I was going to say something about this, but I, I just quickly before we end the program today, and the more you dig into stuff, Canada is such a unique country in the sense of how much we're spread out. Obviously, we have urban centers, but I never realized, and this is ignorance of my own, but I, I was just going through and looking at like Italy and Spain. I didn't realize that the populations there are, are freaking huge compared yeah. to their landmass. Like, it's, yeah. I, I did not, I did not know that. So they do have. I think bigger obstacles in this whole situation, not to say that we're out of the woods, obviously, but I, I'm more confident in what our abilities than I would be over there for sure. Hey, did you hear about that Quebec couple that, uh, ch- that chartered a flight yes. to, to land on the first nation and Northwest territories? Cause they figured uh, that was the place to be during the apocalypse. Yes, and they, 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 they were run out of town. eh? I can't lie. I was looking at the map of the, uh, of the country and seeing where the, the least amount of cases were and being like, hmm, maybe I need to go visit that place. And Nunavut has zero cases as of this broadcast. Yeah, so, I've, been uh, to a Cal- I've been to a Calowit and Pond Inlet, so they, know, yeah, me, they yeah. know me up there. It wouldn't be weird if I showed up. Yeah, there's that great uh, fish and chips place in Calowit. Have you ever been there? No, well, I've never been to. Well, we ordered in one night, so maybe it was from yeah. the place. I have no idea. Yeah, I think I think a couple of the royals actually dined there on one of their visits. So yeah, we're like at least order- we know we can get some good fish and chips anyway. Yeah, like an order of fries is forty bucks up there. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now everybody's 
Uh, we were used to laugh at that, but now uh, they're who's laughing last, eh? Right? Exactly. So there you go. But anyway, we wish all of our listeners a good health. Stay healthy, everybody, and we'll uh, we'll check in with you next week for sure. Yes, wash your hands, and don't forget to subscribe, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple iTunes. Uh, what else is there? Google Play, all those places. Google Play, yeah, absolutely. We're We're there for you. All right, we'll talk to you in seven days, Tony. You bet.